Paul, this isn't an easy decision for you, I'm sure. So how long have you been thinking about this? Well, uh, let me start this way. I'll give you a little background. I came up here on a on a four month contract and uh, fell in love with all of it: the ownership, management, players, the staff, the city, the fans, the snow, the cold, and found a home, and a wonderful place. And I love this place. I, I, I love this team, and that's the driver, Paul, in how I got here today. All right, Elliot, emergency podcast, break glass. Welcome to 32 Thoughts, the podcast presented by the all-new GMC AT4 lineup. Want to get to games postponed, want to get to teams shut down. But first, some news that surprised all of us on Friday morning. We had just released the regular uh, Friday morning 32 Thoughts podcast when we got the email from the Winnipeg Jets that Paul Maurice had resigned as the head coach of that squad. Dave Lowry takes over in an interim capacity your thoughts when you first heard the news first of all you notice how we joked on the podcast this morning listen to it now because 15 (laughs) minutes later everything's going to be different yeah poor Amelie does all that work to edit the pod and kaboom you know what happened so I first saw it on Twitter with the statement that they released on Twitter Mm -hmm. and the first thing I do is I I look for the check mark and the check marks there of course but I still didn't believe it I thought I would Hmm. click on the link the post and I would see like at Winnipeg Jalerts or something like that. Like it was just one of those fake close tags Jilerts. that people do to fool us all the time. Yeah. I had some people text me, did you have any idea this was coming? And no, like I had no idea that this was coming. You know, I thought Maurice did an unbelievable job at his media conference. I take him at total face value. I think he was burned out. I don't think there's any question about that. The fact what he talked about, about coaching in the bubble and how it wasn't fun, I think a lot of coaches and players and executives and everybody involved will tell you that if you've been employed or on a team or whatever or in the league the last two years since COVID started, it has taken an enormous toll on people, just like anyone listening to this in life. It's taken an enormous toll It's caused a lot of us to reevaluate our existences. Mm. And I think Maurice finally got there. Now, the other thing I think here is if you watch Kevin Sheveldayoff's media conference, it is clear that the Jets were thinking, do we have to make changes here? And one of those would have to be potentially a coaching change. You know, the Jets are a loyal, loyal organization. And I wouldn't be surprised if part of this was Paul Maurice sees it coming because he's been around a long time. He's been fired before. He knows. Sure. He sees it coming and he says, I'm going to do the Jets a favor because I'm ready for this too. And they don't have to do it to me. I'm going to take it myself out of the equation for them. Pause on that for one second. Do you think that is out of a sense of loyalty to the Winnipeg Jets, who, as you mentioned, are a very loyal organization? They pride themselves on having people there for a long time. Is that what loyalty buys you? I think so. But number one, when Paul Maurice says he believes it was time, I 100% agree with that. I don't think that's a lie. I think he knew it was time for him. But that leads us to B, which is he's smart enough to see what's going on around him And he says, you know what? The Jets have been great to me and I'm going to take this out of their hands. I'm going to fall on the grenade. And I think the other thing he did that I thought was really good was 
it would have been very easy for media and fans to come out of it and saying, Paul Maurice said, this is a good team. I'm a good coach. But sometimes when you take over a team and it's kind of like you're starting at the bottom of a mountain and you're pushing a rock up to the top, you can only get it to a certain place. And that's, that's where I feel I'm at. And if you would allow me some arrogance, I would say that I'm better positioned than anyone to know that they need a new voice. They haven't quit on me. They're a good bunch of men. My relationship is strong with all of them, and I'm cheering for them. I am. But when you have a 26-year professional hockey coaching career, you know they need a new voice. They, they need somebody to help them get to that next place. It, it doesn't need to be a more experienced, necessarily more talented guy. It needs to be a different voice because it's the right time for it, and I know that. He took that one out of the equation, too. He specifically came out and said, the players did not quit on me. The voice just wasn't there anymore. So he basically took this whole thing and dove on the grenade, and now everything is on what he did and said as opposed to anyone else. And I do think that's what loyalty buys you, 100%. And plus, also, I just think he's that way, right? Don't think he's going to blame anyone else. I think everybody was impressed with it. The the level of um, professionalism, the level of class and poise, and perhaps above all, the self-awareness as well. Like this doesn't happen um, in the NHL. This doesn't really happen, period. And just for NHL purposes, like I can only think of a couple of different times where coaches have decided to call it quits while the season was on. Mm-hmm. You know, Patrick Waugh walked away, but that was the off season. Dale Hunter didn't go back. right before the season. Right before the season. Dale Hunter had his one experience uh, with the Washington Capitals and walked away and went back to London. Now, someone like Rocket Richard lasted a couple of games with the Quebec Nordiques and said, that's it for me, I can't do this. Larry Robinson with the New Jersey Devils uh, left, um, you know, citing, I believe it was mental fatigue. No one can certainly blame him for that. But this just doesn't happen at all. And to the point about a team quitting on the coach, the one game that I go back to this season, and, you know, interestingly enough, it involved the Winnipeg Jets, back on November the 5th, Uh, It was a Friday night. It was Winnipeg Jets and the Chicago Blackhawks. It was Jeremy Culleton's last game as coach of the Blackhawks. And, you know, Kyle Connor is looking like, well, I just referenced Rocket Richard. He was looking like Rocket Richard Mm -hmm. uh, in that game. Like you could tell like the Hawks had given up on their coach and it was going to be hard for Culleton to go back. We all know about the Bowman protection that he had previous, but that looked like a team that was very much done with their coach. I never got the sense, Elliot, did you, that Winnipeg was done with their coach, that the Jets players were like, ugh, enough of this. No, I didn't see that. You know, I'll tell you this, the the other team that's asking those questions right now is Vancouver. You look at the way that they've taken off under Boudreaux, Mm -hmm. I think people are starting to wonder, you know, were those players at a point where they just had completely tuned out green? I didn't see that in the same level in Winnipeg. The other thing I wonder about it, though, the timing is, they know that Wheeler is going to be out for a while, right? Like yes. from what I heard, they were waiting for the swelling to go down to determine the exact amount of time that he'll be out. Wheeler and Maurice are tight, tight, tight. He is Maurice's conduit. And I wonder if he looked at it and said, you know, we've got to save the season. 
my guy, whatever you want to say, conduit shield, whatever phrase you want to learn, he's not going to be there. Someone pointed that out to me today, and and, you know, I I thought that really made a lot of sense. Mm. The other coach I remember doing that was Larry Bird. Mm. He coached the Indiana Pacers for three years, was very successful, but he always said in that third season, he's quitting after that year. And no matter how good they were, and he took them to an NBA final, he refused to change his mind. He said after three years, players need a new voice. I want to get to Dave Lowry here in a second, but one quick follow-up on Paul Maurice. Uh, I think we all understand that if he wants to coach again, I believe he'll take time away from the game now to to decompress and to plan out his next steps in his career. If he wants to coach, he'll coach again. He's a really good coach. I've always wondered about Paul Maurice and management, though. And at times I've heard, you know, a whisper or two about, you know, could Paul Maurice take a step above the coaching level? Are you going to say he's the next GM in Vancouver under Jim Rutherford? (laughs) I did have that conspiracy theory floated to me today. Him and Rutherford have the association going back to to junior hockey and into the Carolina Hurricanes and the CompuWare organization. But we'll park your conspiracy theory on the grassy knoll here, Elliot. I just want to say you're not the only person who's floated (laughs) this by me today. I'm not saying Vancouver, just in general. Could you see him in that space? Because I could. I think he can do whatever he wants to do. No, the one thing is, though, if you're burned out, GM's not a good job if you're... <laughs> GM of a Canadian team is not yeah, a good thing I to mean, do if you're feeling burned out. <laughs> that's a big job. I'll tell you what I am worried about, though. What's that? If he comes to Sportsnet, mm-hmm. whose seat's he taking? Yours or mine? <laughs> oh, yours, easy. No, yours, easy. No, clearly he's taking yours uh, quicker than you can say Jack the Bear. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's taking he's taking yours quick. You better. <laughs> hey, look, there's some pink paper on the fax machine. Elliot Friedman on that. I don't know what that's yeah. about. What's a fax machine for that matter? My card's not working. What happened here? Uh, Dave Lowry takes over. Yeah. Kevin Cheveldayoff saying he's taking over for the remainder of the season. Not the first, because the question was out there. Not the first father and son, coach, player, dynamic. The Deneens. Imlac as well for two oh, games in I the 60s. That. That's right. There was the Patricks uh, that happened three different times uh, with the Rangers. So this isn't new in the NHL, but it's new in this era yeah. of the National Hockey League. So Dave Lowry takes over. Your thoughts on... Dave Lowry is the new head coach of the Winnipeg Jets. Look, Dave Lowry is a good coach. It's a unique dynamic, that's for sure. I assume people will handle it like adults. I'm sure that when the Jets hired Dave Lowry, because Adam was already there, and when they considered this move, Mm -hmm. there was a conversation about what all of this was going to mean. And um, my expectation is, at this level, is that everyone's going to handle it professionally. Mm -hmm. You know, there's too much at stake here. This is a big Winnipeg season. They went out and they got Nate Schmidt. They went out and they got Brendan Dillon. They have to save the media members who said that Winnipeg was the best team in Canada too. So there's <laughs> there's a lot at stake here. I, I just think there's too much yeah. at stake to be worried about anything that isn't winning games, really. Mm-hmm. People have said for a long time, Jeff, that Dave Lowry was going to be a head coach in this league. I don't think this is the way anybody expected it was going to be, but now is the time. Elliot, nothing is like the way we expected it to be, Uh, but here we are. And further to that, a quick couple of words before we wrap up this edition of the Quickie Pod for some of the shutdowns. Calgary Flames, Colorado Avalanche, uh, Florida Panthers, uh, the Montreal-Boston game on Saturday is postponed as well. Calgary misses games against the Blue Jackets, the Ducks, and the Kraken. Colorado will miss four. Tampa, Detroit, Buffalo, Boston, Florida will miss three. Minnesota, Chicago, 
and Nashville. And as we record this podcast at 317 Eastern on Friday afternoon, and again, to Elliot's point, 15 minutes from now, as of right now, there are no plans for the league to pause at all. Look, um, we're seeing the NFL. They're moving their schedules around. Everybody's battling this. The wild thing for me is what the NFL is doing. And we talked about this this morning. They don't have the runway that hockey and basketball do. Their schedule is getting close to the playoffs. In the first podcast we did today, we talked about how now they're saying if you're vaccinated and asymptomatic, you could return, depending on your test results, in one day. And earlier today, Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, did a radio interview where he said... Yeah, I like where we are right now, and I think that uh, uh, we we will get to a point probably uh, this week that we'll only test if symptomatic. That's if you've been vaccinated, and that's a good thing. Uh, test when you're symptomatic, and that's it. Uh, uh, I think we've about gotten to a point where the players' union and the league are on the same page to get that done. Now, uh, there will be stepped up uh, protection because of this, quote, outbreak we're having right now. And so you'll have a mask. You'll have more separation than we've had the early part of the year. Uh, You will have uh, uh, certainly less uh, group uh, congregation, and you'll have more restriction or you'll ask your players to exercise more discretion away from the practice or away from the team. We're getting closer to the point where if you're vaccinated, we're only going to test you if you're symptomatic. Hmm. You know, we've talked about this. All it took was one league, particularly the NFL, to do it. And we were going to get other leagues looking at it. I have spent a lot of time today talking to as many people privately as I can. It's like life. There's two camps. There's the Nick Cousins camp, shut this down, and he's got a lot of support. And then there's the other side of we're all vaccinated. A lot of these cases are asymptomatic. It's time to let us go through it. And there are players who feel that way. The other thing I did here was that there are a lot of players, and I totally understand this, who like the players getting tested because they want to protect their families. Who would argue with that? Tavares talked about that, and now he's in protocol. So I totally understand that. And the other thing too, Jeff, I'm hearing is that does anybody see the Canadian government okaying a plan where positive asymptomatic players are going to be allowed across the border? No, not a chance. And what does the NFL not have? Canadian teams. Teams in Canada. The NBA has got one. The NFL has zero. I will say this. Like I had one player say to me today, this is all Canada's fault that it's so strict. And I said, you know, well, that's where you know thirty five percent of the revenue comes from, too. Mm-hmm. You know, he kind of laughed at that, but I, I just think it's a unique challenge that the NHL has that the other leagues don't. From what I'm hearing today, I, I just don't see the NHL getting to that point. Final point, and we'll wrap up this pod. 
on the last podcast, the one from five minutes ago, Elliot, uh, we talked about the Flyers and the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> we'll reconvene at 8.30 tonight. <laughs> right. I'm in Barrie for a kids hockey game. When I come back, another podcast, which will dump around midnight. If you aren't sick of us yet, you're about to be. I'm sick of myself. I've been talking so much lately. I, I'd like to leave the room when I'm around. I, I get it. I feel the same way. Uh, we talked about Montreal and Philadelphia and how that game went on and how there were some misgivings around the league or some questions and perhaps some anger. Why are we leaving money on the table? The Boston-Montreal postponement for Saturday's game. That's a financial consideration perhaps more than anything else? Yes, I, I think it is. If you take a look at it, so I was told that Montreal averages around $2.3 million gross for a game. Mm -hmm. You know, there were people angry that that game was played last night without fans because it's $2.3 million you're never getting back. But the Flyers were there. I mean, what are you going to do? The request came or the order came late in the afternoon. If you look at the release today, it said the Canadians will resume their schedule in New York next week. Yep. At least that's what's planned. They're on the road. They're at the Islanders and at the Rangers, so it doesn't affect them. But I have no doubt that they said, look, we lost one $2.3 million gate and what that means for yeah. HRR and the cap eventually going up, we're not losing another. Now, the other thing that is good news is for Boston. If you look at what Washington did, they stayed in the States until Friday morning, flew to Winnipeg game day, so they could take their tests in the States, and there's less of a risk of someone flying to Winnipeg, testing positive, and then getting stuck in Canada. Boston had Montreal and Ottawa now, if they want to, and I don't know what they're going to do, I'm just saying, spitballing this, even though it's a five o'clock game on Sunday against the Sanders, they could always stay home now until Sunday morning, take the test, make sure everyone's clear, then go. Because mm -hmm. what players don't want, like Edmonton going to Seattle with another positive test, Toronto with two positive tests, supposed to go to Seattle on Sunday night. I'm sure that these teams going over the border aren't crazy about it. Absolutely. Okay, thanks for listening to this quickie pod. Um, as more stories come to light, you can expect to be annoyed by yours truly and Elliot Friedman here on 32 Thoughts, the podcast. <laughs> Mary Mac, Kristen Black, Silver Burton Ball, down the back. Hello, Titsitona. She can't soak Mama, mama, come on Just a walk in the door If you don't know how to do it i show you how to walk the door Ask my mama for 15 cents I see the elephant jump the fence Ain't coming back until the 4th of July.